Welcome to the Cure for Stupidity podcast, an ongoing exploration of the stupidity in real life, relationships, parenting, and more. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Cure for Stupidity podcast. Episode five? Six. Six. Five, we went live. Five was live. I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) I know. It goes by so quickly. (laughs) Um, But I think this week we're talking about empathy. Empathy. Uh, I did a little bit of studying and actually went back into the book to kind of retouch up on how you talked about it. Yes. Um, Yes. So why don't you give us the official definition? All right. So uh, the principle we're talking about is called empathy. True empathy changes our judgments. And... When you think about empathy, a lot of times we feel that it's the same thing as sympathy, but they're actually not the same thing. So uh, if you kind of go back in, in the Greek roots of the words uh, empathy and sympathy, it's you get a breakdown to en, meaning inside, and pathos, meaning feeling or suffering. And, and sympathy is sin and pathos, so with and feeling or suffering. And so empathy is actually getting inside, and, and the one... The one thing that's happened recently that really helped me understand the difference between empathy and sympathy is um, when Kobe Bryant died. So so uh, a few months ago, if you didn't know, um, Kobe Bryant was in his private helicopter uh, with his daughter, one of his daughters and a basketball coach on a way to a basketball camp and the helicopter went down. And I don't know much about Kobe Bryant. I'm not like a huge Kobe Bryant fan. I've seen him play, like I I understand. And so I felt a lot of sympathy, right? I was with that feeling, that suffering, and I felt bad, right? I felt felt sympathy. And and I don't know if you remember that night, um, you found a video uh, taken from someone who was hiking up in the hills. Uh uh And it was actually a cell phone video of the helicopter spinning and yeah. exploding into a ball of flames and watching that video all I can think about was what it would be like for me to be sitting next to Jasmine knowing that these are our last minutes on earth mm-hmm. like and all of a sudden I got empathy like mm-hmm. I was in the feeling I was in the suffering and honestly that night I had a really hard time sleeping not because of the imagery but because of what I actually felt like I, I, I like I pictured myself there Imagine that feeling. yeah and, and that's that that was empathy is actually getting inside of of someone else's feelings or sufferings and when you think about empathy in that way all of the things that have happened with Kobe Bryant, you know, all, all of that stuff, the tabloid stuff, the, the crazy stuff that has happened, it it didn't matter because my judgment of him was altered in that moment because it, it was just like a, a father next to a daughter yep. and in their last moments, like, what would I do? Yeah. What would I say? And it changed my judgments now. And so that, that's that, that principle is true empathy changes our judgments. And, and it's, it's incredible the amount of times that that is possible mm-hmm. and how often we miss it. I think I miss it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> being honest, I think I believe that I'm being empathetic mm-hmm. when really I'm being sympathetic. Mm. Um, I, I try to imagine what it would be like, but yeah. I don't know that I'm actually in, in the feeling. inside of that feeling. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting um, like self-reflection when I when I read back through this stuff where it's kind of like you think you're good okay 
when we first got together. Um, it's like I told Eric, like, I'm a really good listener. Like, I'm a great listener. And I'm not a good listener. And it's like once Eric said it to me, it hurt my feelings. And I felt so frustrated at you. And then I started to realize how many times you were talking and I totally wasn't listening. <laughs> there was there was there was times when so when we first met, um, like what, a week after we met, less than a week after we met, I actually went on a three week vacation to yeah. Washington. Yeah. And so we talked on the phone every night, like right after we met. And you left Three days after Three we met. Three days after we met. Okay. okay. And, so, and so we were talking on the phone and I'm thinking, I'm sharing this really passionate, meaningful thing. And then I met with silence on the other end of the phone. And I'm like, are you still there? She's like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, sometimes my brain wanders. Sometimes... <laughs> I'm checked out. Sometimes I'm bored. moving on to the next part. Um, my my listening skills have, I believe, improved. I'll give you that. Because you've given me visibility to the fact that I was a really bad listener. And I think that I'm slowly, slowly getting there. Slowly getting there. <laughs> Thanks. So, but um, it, it's, it's just interesting having that self-reflection and trying to see myself and figure out, am I being sympathetic or empathetic? Mm. And it's tough because yeah. just like when you told me I was a bad listener, it took me a while to yeah. even be able to see it. Yeah. Like, and you, you're one of your favorite things. You're like, play the tape back. Cause like it's in there. I heard what you said, but I didn't react. I didn't respond. Nothing happened. You're like, play the tape back. And then like, I slowly think back and like, I can rewind in my brain and re-listen to <laughs> you know what you said. And then I go, Oh yeah, it's over there. You know? And I can actually respond and you don't have to repeat yourself. You just tell me, like, play the tape back. Play the tape so, back. like, when you say that, I finally get to understand, like, okay, yeah, that was a really bad listener. Like, I, <laughs> I get some visibility to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know how to do that with empathy, necessarily. Like, mm. I don't really exactly know how I can reflect there. But I can tell you that when I read through it, I kind of feel like there may be some... Uh, some distance between where I think I was and where I actually am. Um, but I was reading back and okay. I was doing some studying. So I actually, uh, I earmarked and highlighted wow. um, a little bit in here because when I was reading back through it, there was mm -hmm. a part that really stuck out to me. And this is kind of where my brain went that took me to this tangent of, mm -hmm. am I actually sympathetic or empathetic? So it says in the book, I'm on page 47. Anyways, um, often we want to claim that we are at the mercy of our feelings and therefore other people can cause us to feel things. But when we realize that we often say things the way kindergartners do, he hurt my feelings or he made me mad, that's simply not true. He didn't go into the center of my brain and fiddle with some neurons to trigger my feelings. My experience of feelings is based on my stories and judgments. Hmm. I created my stories and judgments based on my perceptions. Ooh. <laughs> like that gets to me, yeah. like it sinks in. And there's so many times where I blame my feelings on you, right. on the kids, on any number of other things. Yeah. And I think back to, we watched that, I think it's on Netflix, Brene Brown yep. uh, documentary thing. And she tells this story and you know she's having this disagreement with her husband. And the way that she worded it was, the story I'm telling myself is. And as soon as she did that, she removed herself from being the victim right. and put herself as just an actor in a story mm -hmm. and said, the story I'm telling myself is you don't care about whatever, or you're a jerk, you know? And it's like, you, you can easily, you did this to hurt yeah, me. You, yeah. You can easily say like, 
going back a couple weekends ago, like you're lazy because, you know, yeah. or the, the other stuff with the desk where it's like, you were there with me yeah. every night. I assumed that you did it. So when you weren't on the same page, like it feels like you're directly hurting me. It feels like you're directly hurting my feelings as mm -hmm. opposed to me saying like, all right, the story I'm telling myself is, you know all this and here we are, like, are you just a jerk or <laughs> is there something else? And obviously the story is never gonna be that you're gonna be like, yep, I'm a jerk. You nailed it, but, that's the goal. <laughs> but we'll at least be able to decipher where the actors actually are as opposed to where I'm telling myself we are. Well, and the interesting thing when you think about that as, as, as a story, so instead of this, this thing happened, this fact happened, that fact happened. Now there's like this underlying narrative that I'm a jerk or I'm lazy or or whatever. Or you're, you're a terrible listener, which is and another also, story. Yeah, well, another story is like, I'm like way too angry, right? Yeah. Like, yes. I, like yeah. you tell about yourself too. Yeah, yeah. And so all of those stories then, they, they, they tend to look for evidence, mm -hmm. right? And so so we're telling, if, if you're telling a story that I'm a jerk, and I happen to walk out of the room, you don't realize that maybe a kid is crying. I could hear it, you couldn't. And I walk out of the room to that. You're like, see, why are you being such a jerk, right? And so like that story just tends to reinforce itself. And when you, well, Brene Brown, like the way she explained is like, as soon, as soon as you acknowledge that it's a story mm -hmm. and you realize that we are capable of telling an infinite number of stories about any one given set of facts. Yeah. And, and the story could be this whole time that I am um, a, 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 a wonderful, deeply contemplative person and I'm just thinking through things. Before responding. Before responding. Okay. And so like, is it that I don't care or is it that I'm really deep? It's just a story, right? And so if you acknowledge that as a story, then all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to process through that emotion. Yeah. And you know, when you talk about empathy and feelings and kind of going back and forth there, I think one thing would be easy for you to do is to say, I don't have empathy, which is a story, right? And, and, that, and that story could be reinforced over and over and you can end up beating yourself up. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because it's not, I mean, they're probably sure there's evidence to confirm that for sure, but there are times in which it is more difficult for you to feel empathy than others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a more factual statement than you know, anything kind of bigger and broader. Yeah, I think it's it's just very difficult for me to sort through all of that mm -hmm. and get back to healthy ways yeah. to actually attain it, mm -hmm. achieve it, execute it in the moment. In the moment, I just roll with what I've done for 37 years. Mm -hmm. I don't do what I want to do, what my rational, you know, right now reading a book, actually thinking about it, what I'd like to do, that's not what comes out. Yeah. And so I think the way that it, it describes it in the book of, you know, being the kindergartner and <laughs> you hurt my feelings, like I think I go way easier to you hurt my feelings than the story I'm telling myself is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure that out. I'm mm -hmm. trying to move the compass a little. I'm trying to just yeah. sift through there. And it's funny, like I I actually I've heard you say that more. What? the story I'm telling myself oh, okay. is and then it's 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 an intentional action it seems like to me that you're trying to do that but and also I hear you saying 
like when we kind of break down our discussions, our arguments or whatever, we usually break it down to you did this to hurt me mm-hmm. or you did this or whatever. And I'm like, no, I didn't do such a thing. Like I would, if I would have known it was going to hurt you, I wouldn't have done it. Right. And so and so I, I think that it's interesting just to see both of those both of those play out right yeah. from one to the other. And when we talk about empathy, changing our judgments, like where I where I try to go to in those kinds of moments is say, what could she be feeling right now? Like what what is hurting her? Like what about what I've done is hurting her? And I think for me, that's the hardest thing because my natural reaction is to say, you're overreacting. Yeah. Like the, all of this hurt is- And it's easy for me afterwards to see where I overreacted. But really? in the moment, yeah. You gotta tell me that though. No, I don't wanna tell you that. <laughs> Lock it, put it in your pocket. It's gone. <laughs> it's not coming back. But it's 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 so difficult in the moment to make those changes. Yeah. And I feel kind of similar here with empathy and sympathy. Like I don't even have necessarily visibility to where I'm being sympathetic as opposed to empathetic. Where mm. I'm actually being feeling showing empathy. Yeah. Like I, I don't actually know that I I see that. I don't know that I get there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you do it more than you think. Probably, and I think just just know that it's in process. Yeah, like, it it's it's under construction. It, yeah, it, and that's that's it, right? We're we're humans, like hum, humans becoming, right? Like it's <laughs> like we're 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 making progress. Yeah. and I think one of the things that I actually like the most about us doing this podcast is that. Because we're talking about these things, we're actually talking about them more than we normally would. And we yeah. talk a lot about these things, but talking about Especially them more. Especially in the COVID world. You put up with a lot more extrovert than you used to. <laughs> and you have to put up a lot more introvert, right? True. Very and true. so we end up talking about these things a lot more. And the things that we actually kind of resolve here on the podcast, we end up applying outside of the podcast yeah. because, like, oh, that was actually pretty good. I like that you said that or whatever. So we're literally counseling ourselves. Yeah, it's amazing. Of, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Why not? It's uh, but, a great social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's funny, you know, one thing I've actually heard you say on the podcast a lot is I can see it in the kids, but I can't see it in myself. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really funny because when you think about empathy, I think that maybe where you lack empathy is for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so so when you're feeling something like real and deep, like being in that feeling with yourself instead of like push, to fix myself fixing it or pushing out. it away or pretending it doesn't exist, but like you're you're so good at kind of thinking about what the kids are thinking or feeling what the kids are feeling and giving them the right environment, I think that shows that you're good at empathy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think that applying it to you would be really powerful. Yeah. It'd be interesting to do some reflecting on that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe having you help point out at the end of the day, like I don't need, <laughs> I don't need it in front of the kids. Like that was great empathy, but I do want to. That is something I would try do. And, I know. I, I just want a little bit of visibility, though. Yeah. Like I want to try and figure it out. Yeah. Um. Because like when I read back through it, it's definitely an area that I don't feel settled. Like I don't mm. feel like I've got it figured out yet. Yeah. That's for sure. Um. Speaking of the kids. Yeah. 
so we've definitely been focusing on empathy um, at their school. They were doing like empathy trainings and stuff with Jerem, our oldest. Um, they had, you know, these, these classes that they would come. So he was talking about it with us and he was trying to, you know, dissect what they were giving him and trying to implement it into his life and trying to sort through it and figure out how it all kind of the pieces of the puzzle made sense. And so, um, one of our, one of our solutions or resolutions was to play more board games. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we're both pretty competitive, yeah, very, very competitive, competitive and very pretty com equally matched, I'd say, at most <laughs> games, which makes it even more competitive. Um, and I don't know where our kids get it from, but they're just like us. <laughs> Must have come from their grandparents. Yes, it skips a generation. <laughs> I, I can I can honestly say there have been times where both of us at at different times have been frustrated for an extended period of time because not not because we lost a game, but because we got blown out, destroyed three or four in a row, and it's like the fifth. It's never <laughs> happened. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> But it's funny because then then we watch the kids do the same thing and it's like oh you've got to calm down. it's just Be a good game. Sport. But we did so we decided that board games and just different types of games where there's no risk. Yep. Um, those were great ways to give them empathy because our hyper ultra competitive kids mm -hmm. also have to go and put this out into the world and kind yeah. of figure out empathy. Yeah. And so when you win, how do you win? Is it like the cheering, pounding on your chest kind of win, um, where the rest of the night you gloat and you rub it in their face? Or is it the win where you say, good game, everybody played really well, and I'm really proud of myself. Like, I'm yeah. feeling really happy. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm feeling really proud that I won. Mm -hmm. Like, there's there's different ways to win. There's different ways to lose. Is it mm -hmm. the crying, screaming, <laughs> super upset, which we've totally we've had. We've had all of that, yeah. We've had all of those things. He does it most of the time. I, I do cry a lot. <laughs> kidding i'm kidding but we've had those you know mm -hmm. all out hysteric matches of like they took my spot and you know yeah. ticket to ride or whatever yeah. it is and yeah. so um using those low risk environments for them to practice empathy well, and, and even, what like, did it feel like when you lost right and now when you win how do you want the losers to feel mm -hmm. and just making sure that we I think we brought it back to the golden rule, right? Yes, yes. Treat others the way you want to be treated. When mm. you lose, how would you want the winner to behave? When you win, how would you want the losers to behave? Because even the same goes for, you know, when the winner wins and all the losers take away from their win and say, well, technically you only won because of this. Or technically, yeah. it's like, don't do that. It wasn't that. fair like, because yeah, you had this. Don't diminish their win. Just say, good job. Like, you can think all that stuff that you yeah. want. And you can strategize of how next time you want it to go differently, but don't take away from their win with, you know, your little side comments and remarks. So yeah. um, I think well, it's interesting. It's interesting with with kids because developmentally, like they start out incapable of empathy, like they're maybe not incapable, but but they start out very self-focused and they're learning about the world around them. And it's actually a stretch to get them to think about someone else's Outside. feelings. Yeah. And and that's interesting, like progression that they go through. Mm -hmm. um, but then even thinking about, you know, when like, what is what does the person feel like when you're gloating? But here's here's the weird thing, because you and I as as mature adults, of course. Um, we actually, we do a lot of trash talking. 
like, and it's, 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 it's all in jest. It's all in jest. And so, so we understand the, like how much trash talking the other person can. And we know take. when it's playful and when it's not. And when it's not, right? right? Yeah. And, and, and so we're actually empathizing with the other person to know like, ooh, that was probably too much trash, right? <laughs> and so then we dial it back. Well, the kids don't quite understand that yet. Yeah. And so like they see us trash talking and they're like, booyah. Like, <laughs> Like, like, oh, well, that was probably too much. And, like, and so, like, trying to trying to judge that and guide them that way. So we need to model better behavior while basically, we're doing these. Basically, as so well. so. Well, just, I actually think the solution is we just play more games after they go to bed. <laughs> so 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 if you didn't know, we're best friends, and so we have basically sleepovers every night where we play board games. One time, what till three in the morning? Yeah, we play. Take it to ride. Take it to ride. Until over three and over until three in the morning. Non-stop. Just like you may... go to your kids and you play Monopoly all, all night, night. Long. Yeah, there yeah. may have been a couple of bottles of wine involved, but yeah. but but we play differently when we play just ourselves versus that. But the interesting thing when you when you think about games and board games and and kids and empathy, there's this there's this concept that that I recently read about called the empathy gap. Mm. Now, the, I think you talked about it a little bit. Oh last yeah, yeah, week. yeah. Last week, yeah. So we're talking about how, uh, yes, right. People on different sides of the political spectrum will feel like certain things for other people, and it's like, whoa, like, or excuse me, they won't feel certain things for other people, and and that happens very specifically when there's a perception of different teams. If you're on one team and I'm on a different team, and I don't particularly like your team, yeah. right? It's very easy for me to not feel empathy. And it doesn't make, it isn't, it's not an indication that I don't have empathy. It's actually, it's, it's actually, it gives me, uh, it gives me the space to not feel. So uh, there's a, a psychology phenomenon we, we have in the book called schadenfreude. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's called, it's a German phrase that's the joy from pain. Mm -hmm. And so if you see someone else feeling pain and they're not on your team, you are not going to have the same empathy as you would from anyone else, either on your team or if no teams were involved in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it's like you see a human who is, who doesn't get the job, yeah. right? It's like, oh, bummer, so sorry. But if you were competing for that job and yeah. they're your competition, they're on the other team, all of a sudden it's like, ha, you didn't get the job. Yeah. Like no empathy. Yeah. And that empathy gap is- Which happens with the kids. I mean, we're one family unit. They're the best <laughs> of friends. Like they love each other immensely. Mm -hmm. You know, they go crazy when the others are not around or whatever. It's like, I'm bored. I miss my you know brother, whatever. Like they, they always want to be together. And then they get on a game and all of a sudden it's like, to the death, like, <laughs> you know, and like it goes cutthroat really fast. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second, like two minutes ago, you were best buds mm -hmm. and here we are. As soon as there's a differentiation of team, right. it's, you know, no holds bar. Yeah. E e so even taking it out of the realm of playing games, like if... So this happens all the time. So you got three kids, there's always something that happens and there's always it's never just one person who caused the problem, right? So it's always like two people were fighting, someone said this, someone did this, and we always find that it's like two people cause this problem. And so we find that when one of them gets in trouble, the other one feels good. Mm. It's almost like, ha, you, you got, got in caught. trouble. <laughs> but then, then what we'll do is then we'll, like, then we'll say to the other one, but you did this wrong also. You need to acknowledge where you were wrong. Where your role in the in And the, the other one feels better. And it's like, wait a minute. Look, I don't need you to feel good at it. Like, everyone did something wrong here. But you see this empathy. Isn't that the whole thing about tattling? <laughs> right? Like, isn't this the principle of tattling? 
It's like you tell on someone else, and then you're like, ha-ha, I got uh-huh. them in trouble, right? Yeah, and that's and that's the empathy gap, and and it exists, you know, from kindergarten all the way up to adults, yeah. old adults, and and we we experience this so often. It's really difficult because. There are so many things happening in our world where we need empathy. There are so many things happening in our world where we need empathy. And and it's, it, it becomes so easy for us to just not. Yeah. To not, not my give team. It. Not my team or I don't care or that's a different country or that's a different political party or whatever. And you see people just not caring about their fellow humans. And how, what would the world look like if we just actually all cared about each other? You know, like that's that's kind of where, where my mind goes. and And... If we truly empathize with someone who maybe hasn't had the same experience as we have, hasn't had the same upbringing or background or cultural uh, understandings or food or any of those things, but if we truly empathize with them, how differently could we judge them, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think that without empathy, our judgments get skewed yeah. and, and they become animals. They become others. They become foreign alien right all these words that just separate us mm-hmm. and then when something bad happens oh you shouldn't you should have done it that way like you, you should expect yeah. on that team exactly you deserved it, you deserved it. Yeah. and it's like what would our, like and i'm not saying that i'm not saying that everybody should love everybody like obviously that's not going to happen but it's imagine how much more productive we could be Right? As, as, a, as a people, as a society, how much more productive we could be if we could learn to empathize, change our judgments, and then start making some decisions from, yeah. from that point. Yeah. I think it's interesting because, like going back to that quote that I read where, you know, it, it's totally tit for tat mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, it's literally just, you did that, I retaliate. You did this, I retaliate. My retaliation makes you do this. Yeah. And it just, it goes back and forth on every spectrum that you can think of. Um, but when you get into politics, like for mm. sure, it's it's this team versus that team. Yes. Um, and then there's the judgments that always come into play just based off of the affiliation of party, party yeah. lines. And everything else gets lost in translation. The stuff that's supposed to matter just totally gets out of focus. And we're so honed in on the stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's that's so hard to see mm. where there is a basic lack, lack of empathy. Yep. Um, you know, where no matter which side, you got to try and see it from the other side, especially if you're representing all the people. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, right. you're right. not just representing your side. Mm-hmm. Like you got to represent all the people. And mm-hmm. it's not maybe exactly 50-50, but somewhere in there, and don't get me started on trying to get rid of just two <laughs> major political parties because I don't even want to go there right now. It's, that's off, off subject. But... <laughs> You know, given the the way that the system is currently in place, um, you're representing the entire people as a whole right. in your, you know... Jurisdiction. Yeah, your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say, oh, well, ha-ha, I won. You got to be able to say, all right, let's look at everybody. Why do you think that? Why do you right. say that? We got to try and figure this out and, you know, come to some sort of a round table where... Voices are actually heard from kind of all perspectives and you can try to understand why for some people it feels like life and death on, yeah, on yeah. certain subjects. Um, and why for other people it's like, ah, oh, it's just a party line thing. Like, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's not even a big deal. You're just trying to make it a big deal. So um, it's, it's just interesting to see how divisive it is mm-hmm. and where empathy could just bridge a tiny bit of that gap. Just, yeah. just a little bit closer. Just yeah. try 
the, the scariest thing, and this is going to get a little bit into, into the deep end, so maybe we'll have to continue the conversation next week, but, but the scariest thing is that the more divided we are, the less we feel empathy for the other side. Mm -hmm. The less we feel empathy for the other side, the more divided we get. And, and that is terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying. I feel it. Mm -hmm. Like I myself, I absolutely feel it. We watched Social Dilemma. Yeah. And it's like, you know, my feed is full of stuff to make me feel divided from yes. the others, yep. the, the outsiders, the other side. Mm -hmm. And I have to try to seek other information to yeah. try and understand. I have to try and seek information to be like, why would this even be a, a something to argue about? Why is this even debatable? Yeah. Because I don't understand it sometimes. To me, it seems so basic. It yeah. seems so common sense. It, mm -hmm. it just seems so logical. Right. It's very difficult for me to even understand how the other, you know, people could see it differently. Yeah. And so I think that is where I try to get some empathy. I try to, or maybe sympathy, I don't know. <laughs> Still figuring that out. But I do try to figure out like how the other side yes. is seeing it. Like I do deliberately try to dive in and figure that stuff out because I I see a wall of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> how is that even possible? Yeah. And the other side sees the same thing looking at me. So right. we've got to try and figure that out together. Yeah, you know, just a quick public service announcement. If you notice that your Facebook feed is filled of things that demonize the other side, that that separate, that divide, designed for you to share them out, then 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 your Facebook feed is being controlled, right? By by someone, something you talked about algorithms the social media, the and algorithms yeah. that that programming programmers, right? That know that your brain is looking for things to confirm that which you already believe. You believe something and boom, there's a little bit more of it making that divide bigger. And you know, honestly, I, I spend a lot of time trying to play in the middle zone, right? And, and trying to see things and, and whatnot. And I see there's certain people on my Facebook feed that everything that they post is a shared something from some random person that is designed to demonize the other political party. Mm. And it's like, Ugh, that is that is terrifying because what that means is that all that that person is looking at all day long is how the other side is a demon yeah. and how in the world are we ever going to move forward if the other side is a demon what if they really are <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little jaded there i'm just no. saying <laughs> no but that's that's the thing it's like all right we can we can lean back into each other I know. right we can lean back into each other we can um, we can tell ourselves that the story I'm telling is yeah oh yeah, yeah. right and, and bring that back in and try to and try to find a space for empathy find the, find the common ground mm -hmm. it's always there it's always there we have more alike we are more alike than we are different yeah. genetically speaking we are 99.99 something percent alike genetically right yeah. and it's like we're all essentially the same we we do the same things we have the same thinking processes even though we end up at different yeah. endpoints we're all we're all the same if we can lean back into that empathy and then talk about our disagreements like that that just changes the conversation right there yeah it's a good point 
I uh, I will continue to explore <laughs> my empathy. I think that we're bringing it back next week because yeah, we barely yeah. even got into Scratch the surface, yeah. yeah, tiny little pieces and bits here and mm-hmm. context and all the other fun judgments and things that yeah. uh, are right up my alley. <laughs> 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 but I'm a human, so they're up all of our alleys. Yes, so. yes, yes. All right. Uh, so that's it. That's it. If you haven't, if you haven't, if you haven't found the book yet, The Cure for Stupidity, you can grab it at thecureforstupidity.com. Um, we actually uh, just just saw it bumped up to the bestseller list of uh, conflict resolution and mediation on Amazon right now. So uh, we'll go ahead, go ahead and grab it. Uh, this is what we need right now, right? This is this is what we need: conflict resolution and mediation. And give us any feedback you have. If again, you have subjects, topics, stuff that you want us to talk about, that you want us to explore. Um, you know, questions, anything like that. Um, we're open to your feedback. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you like it and you're interested in sharing it, feel free to do so. We'd love it. Um, not for us, but for, for bringing the humanity and the, the, the togetherness back uh, as much as we can and cure that stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to believe in the goodness of the people of the world so that we can all be the good. Thank you very much. See you next week. <laughs>